Thank you for tuning in. This is Robin Martinelli. I own and operate Martinelli Investigations. We first want to thank always Tom Sheldon, the Northeast Georgia executive producer of Business Radio X. So I'm so excited that y'all could join into my podcast. I have told everybody about my podcast and I just love radio. Today's show is about baby Waylon and his hero daddy, Weslin. The heart stopping moments of a parental kidnapping and how I made a promise to find baby Waylon. I just had no idea the sane and insane twists and turns of just wanting to love your infant child to making it a goal your child was alive month by month, day by day, hour by hour, and minute by minute. Missing the first of that baby's walks, talks, and first everything. I made a promise to bring baby Waylon home but the anger, tears, and terrors it took to just bring him to light shook me to my core. It was a big ride. I was determined. I took on the lawyer. I took on the judge. I took on the police department. I took on a hospital. I took on a town. And I even took on a bio mom. But I was not going to let my client Westland down at all. So if you're familiar with Georgia, I guess you could be familiar with Carroll County. Carroll County is a very rural county, down past, I guess you can say, Villarica, maybe past Six Flags near Douglasville. Now, I, of course, live in Auburn, Georgia, and the office is near Loganville. So we're talking a good two, two and a half hour drive on a good day. So I get a call from my client, and he's frantic, and he's just like, look, I, I, don't, I don't know how to express this. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say this, but, you know, my baby's missing, and I have to find him. And I thought this was very odd, because how could you be missing a two- or three-day-old infant? So my client rushed to my office, and he's practically in tears. He's a single dad working two jobs. And he said, uh, basically, and the most bizarre things that happen are always wildly true in my industry. And please, let's say this, I'm not giving any legal advice at all, and this is just for educational purposes, please. So I am often hired by my client directly. I do take advice of the attorneys that are in the case, but I do work directly for my client. So knowing this was in Carroll County and I was going to have to take some hikes and staying at a hotel over there in Carroll County and my staff back and forth looking for this child, I, I sat my client down. I'm like, how could this biological mother, I said, did you marry her? And he said, no. It says she has some issues and she just took off with the child. I said, just up and left one day. He said, yeah, I came home and she just wasn't there and the child wasn't there. So he filed for full custody, and he did get full custody, but we couldn't find the child to bring the child home. And it was very disheartening, although there's lots of law enforcement in my family. And this is a very rural town, and we pulled lots of police reports, open records requests. I talked to lots of sheriffs, lots of cops out there. We did everything we could. The bio biological mother of this child, and mind you, this was just a year and a half ago, the biological mother of this child was a heavy, heavy smoker. And she was supposedly pregnant. Now, please keep that in mind, that, that people around town had been telling us she had been pregnant while we were looking for the baby. And to our knowledge, she didn't have any other children, didn't have a job, didn't have a driver's license. To our knowledge, didn't have anything, didn't know where she was living out of a shelter or what was going on. The police were only involved in trying to find this child. So we searched to social media. Social media didn't tell us anything. So then there was a court date, and, and when nothing else fails, 
at all, and you're a private investigator, and, and you know you have these lives in your hand, and you're, you're trying really, really hard. And a little side note, I don't think everybody knows out there in radio world. August 19, 2019, um, I was amputated, so I don't have my left leg. So traveling now all the time is difficult, but I do it, and it's fine. It just <laughs> raises a little bit more flags. It takes a little bit longer, but in doing that and not having my left leg traveling takes a minute. So I told my client, I'm going to come down the night before court. He's like, no, 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 you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. I said, you know, Westland, this this case has not been going like it's supposed to. And I've got a feeling that I need to be there. I don't, I don't know why I need to be there, but I need to be there bright and early at 830 in the morning. And if you know me, uh, I don't do mornings well. And again, I'm not giving any legal advice. I'm not an attorney. I'm just a private investigator, and this is for educational purposes and to bring light to what a private investigator can do. And traveling down to Carroll County and getting ready for court, the attorney called, and she's like, uh, Robin, you, you don't need to come to court. And I said, you know, I know I don't, but if for anything, I'm going to come support my client because there's something really odd going on. You know, I don't think she's going to show up. And they're like, yeah, she's going to show up. I said, no, I don't think she is. So I get to court early. My client gets to court early. Um, the attorney shows up late, but bio, biological mother's nowhere to be found. So we thought that was a little suspicious. And then we get word from the judge that the biological mother was actually in the hospital, uh, which was walking distance from the courthouse. So we found that odd. At first, we thought this was just a hoax and she just went in the hospital and she just wanted to get out of court. But then we actually was told the judge came on the bench and said, look, this mother is actually in the hospital. She actually gave birth to a, a child that passed away right in the hospital. So she was actually in the hospital. So we knew that if she was in the hospital, that we could possibly find Waylon. So at that moment, it's very rare that I do this, but the judge was looking at the audience and it's like, well, who has information on this case and this child? And of course, the attorney looked at me and I jumped up real quick and I said, Your Honor, I don't think you know this, but when you gave us custody a year and a half ago, we were not able to obtain the child then and the child's been missing. And the judge was just a superstar. She said, I cannot believe this. Says, okay, Miss Martinelli, I'm going to put you on an order and I want the sheriff's office, I want the police department, I want everybody to go over there now. I want everybody to go in the hospital. I want the client to be standing by and I want to want that mother to tell us exactly where baby Waylon is. So take in mind, we have protocol to go through the hospital. So when we got to the hospital, obviously the hospital didn't want to cooperate and we had an order though. So we were sat down and we were begging to the doctors to go into her and explain to her that we're sorry that she had a child to pass away, but that we were looking for her other child that we had not seen. After about an hour, hour and a half, and about some, some coaxings and some talking, she gave up the address where baby Waylon had been staying practically probably the whole entire time, which was with her family. And so we drove about an hour, and if I could describe how emotional it was to drive up and physically see this child that had not seen his father and taken mine, he was very young when he didn't see his father, and to see my client like kind of leap over all of us to take him in his arms, and they looked just alike, and for him to actually be able to 
take him and put him in his car. To our shock, the baby had to go to the hospital and um, be treated for a lot of things. But this case and other cases have really taught me a lot to to not give up because I was going to give up. That was the court date I was going to give up because there, there was no, we didn't even know if this child was alive. That was the scariest thing is we tried to convince to the judge that we had no idea. To this day, I check in with this client and this client still has court dates because we're requesting for her not to have any visitation because we're afraid that she will just take off forever the next time. And she has actually showed up to the daycare where the child was listed. And thank goodness they stopped her from taking him then. Things are, you know, different in a small town, but we had lots of support, his family support. It was a long hours. It was, it was very tedious. I can't tell you how many hours I sat in front of gas stations, hotels, apartment complexes, because I knew that she could not be smoking a cigarette, just looking to see if she was smoking, seeing if she had a, a baby carriage, anything around town. Lots and lots of hours, lots of leads, lots of rewards we were offering, and it took a long time, but it became very successful. With private investigators helping out with custody cases and helping out with the family, again, you have to help them from the very beginning, the middle, and the end. It's not really your cheating cases. It's not infidelity. It's not assets, probably not workman's comp or accidents, but the custody cases really will wear your heartstrings down. Often some of these children that you help, that I've helped often, will come back and call you and say, hey, do you remember finding me? I actually found a girl named Melissa too when she was young, and I'll never forget her case because she was born on my birthday. I still keep up with her today. I guess it's my custody cases that really, really are gut-wrenching and heartbreaking but rewarding to know that you can make a difference. And it's not always perfect. You can't really split the baby. So there's going to be some tough times during custody battles, but it always matters. So talking about baby Waylon and my client, a lot of people think that in the state of Georgia and probably the rural states, the deep south, that a male or a guardian or a husband or opposite sex, wouldn't even be able to get custody or think about getting custody of a child. And that's no longer true. A lot of men obtain custody or awarded custody by the fact of being a great co-parent. And let me explain that. When I say co-parent, you have 159 counties in the state of Georgia. That, that is a lot of counties. You have almost over a million people that live in just Fulton County. That's downtown Atlanta, so that's our largest county in the state of Georgia. Then you have almost a million people that live in Gwinnett County, which is the second largest county populated. So if you can imagine all of those counties, you have a superior court judge. 99% of all custody, a few go to juvenile court and a few go to different courts in different jurisdictions, but most custody goes to superior court. A few cases will go to defects, and a few cases could be decided in a different jurisdiction, a different state. But I, you have to understand offense and defense. You can't just now assume that custody is going to go to mom or custody is going to go to dad uh, when you have a four-year-old and an eight-year-old that was born from a marriage. How many, how many hours, physical hours, that a 
father or a mother physically spends with the child. So let's think about that. And I think I talked about that in my last podcast. But, you know, children are homeschooled. Children go to private schools. Children go to public schools. So a lot of times they're in school, not in the summer months, but they're in school from 6, 7 o'clock in the morning till 6, 7 o'clock at night. So physically being with that child, sometimes the father can be... physically having those children over 52 to 55 percent more than the mother. But that's not everything. But to be able to co-parent with the other parent and try, I mean, you're going to be, you know, that part of that person's life through graduations, homework, celebrations, marriages, grandchildren, colleges, all kinds of things that you have to deal with with the other parent. So to be able to co-parent, don't think the judge during a trial, a mediation, or during a custody battle is not weighing in on all aspects. And when I mean all aspects, I'm meaning it's not a good idea to live with somebody or move out of the marital home. I tell the person that is going for custody, the mother or the father, all the time, you just have to assume you're being watched and you're being watched to the point of your trash. Trash is a pretty big deal. Private investigators get trash for a lot of reasons and I can find out a lot of things about you because of your trash. That's another thing. You you, you don't want to keep the child away from the other parent either, but you want to compromise almost like keeping tallies of, okay, how are we going to manage this? How are we going to go through this? Because everything can be brought up. You also want to be compassionate and understand the four big aspects of custody. That would be religion, education, medical, and extracurricular activities. Now, with baby Waylon, you know, how could he do extracurricular activities? Because it's just an infant. So that's when you go to, like, swimming and the Y and, you know, outings and stuff with the child until they're older to do things like camping and sports and other extracurricular activities, drama, clubs at, at school and participate in school. And school matters, too, and education matters. Dads all of a sudden become Team moms and please go eat lunch with your child. Go participate in the school with your child because you're not going to know what is going to matter with that particular judge or the mediator or whoever's making the decision for custody. But I don't assume that anything matters during custody battles. I try to do anything and everything for my client, which also brings me to open records request. So anybody can do an open records request. A lot of times what we'll do is I will take the names of all the parties involved and send a open records request through the county or the city portal of the place that they've ever lived or worked or visited to see if there's any incident, accident, police reports, body cam, investigative reports, any reports that I can obtain investigative reports, court reports, court files from those jurisdictions. Now, sometimes the court filings aren't too big of a deal, but when you start actually listening to the audio of how many times somebody has dialed 911 in a household and why, it becomes very, very telling, and especially if there's a lot, especially if a judge has said, I don't want the children around that particular person, and you still have that person around, so you have that evidence. And then, of course, social media. I always tell people a lot, if you can't tell your God or you can't tell your grandmother or a judge in a case, don't put it out there. 
don't, because it can be recorded, any type of social media. And I say that to children too. You know, when it comes to like tattoos and stuff, you know, and and your presentation of yourself, you're always going to go in front of probably an older person as a judge. You know, you don't want to be judged immediately before you can present your case, how you dress and how you talk and how you present, especially to the judge. And everything matters, you know, support in the court matters, you know, your friends, your family, your co-workers, affidavits matter in court. There's a lot that can be produced during a court battle. You know, there's a lot of things that can be done during a custody battle. A lot of times my clients will say, Robin, you told me that it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it does usually get a little bit worse before it gets better. I don't know many people that, you know, have a situation where they have, they're ecstatic through the entire custody battle or divorce. Please contact us by our website, martinelliinvestigations.com. Martinelli ends in an I. Investigation starts with an I, so that's two I's with an S on the end. Our email is M-I-I, and then Georgia spelled out, G-E-O-R-G-I-A-P-I at gmail.com. And please call us anytime at 770-337-3999, 770-337-3999 for a free consultation. Thanks so much, and have a great peachy day.